So darling, if you're thinking you need a project, you might want to lend a hand. I'm living on the corner of stupidity and recklessness. I'm a dangerous man. I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous to myself. I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous to myself. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Sea Geek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host Justin Pennick. We've got ourselves a jam-packed episode. Before we head down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, the Giants hired a special teams coordinator, Michael Gobriel. We're going to go through all the defensive coordinator candidates now and going to give our rankings on it too. And also a couple other things we got to clean up. Justin, how you doing? Bobby Skinner, I'm good. Yeah, subscribe to JM Football. We'll give all the where you can watch stuff on, on Monday when we're actually going to be in Mobile, Alabama. But yeah, just subscribe to JM Football. Bobby Skinner actually just put out your first uh, draft breakdown today, right? Who's the player? Olu, Olu Fashanu, Penn State. Love him. Um, Graham Barton, who's going to be like my second round target for the Giants. Peyton Wilson coming out next week. I'm going to get the U, uh, the UCLA edge out the week after that. Watching Peyton Wilson from NC State, Justin, I noticed this guard from UConn who's also going to be the senior bowl, Christian Haynes. I'm like, ooh, I, I like this guy too. So draft breakdowns are going to be cranking out. Love it. Subscribe to JM Football. Give those videos a bump because we have a we have like a very big trivia based audience now. We want our we want our talking giants draft film breakdown audience to get in on it too and promote those vids. So yeah, I'm good, man. Um, hired a special teams coordinator. Awesome. Excited for the media to ask him about the racetrack, which you you put out that joke, which is great. Um, you know, we're we'll talk about these DC candidates. We'll get one hired and we'll see what happens with Mike Kafka. There's still a lot of stuff up in the air with this Giants team, even though it feels like a very slow, obviously slow time of the year. Playoffs are happening. Before we get into this episode, Justin, this episode was brought to you by some special people. Ethan Gray. I had a friend in high school named Zach Gray, and we messed with him a lot. Bike parts and shit. Jake uh, Beatty, not Beetle, Beatty. He's got beady eyes. Dirty D. I don't. I just don't believe that that's his name. And Dirty then Jose Caraballo. Is Jose uh, is Jose Mike Kafka's cousin? Are they both Puerto Rican? Oh come on now. We figured out Mike Kafka is Puerto Rican. Dirty Justin, deeds. Who are these people? Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap. Uh, who sings that? What band? I don't know, but it's Dirty D. ACDC. Uh, Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. That's where you go to join the best community of Giants fans out there. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Hang out with us while we record the shows live. Hang out with us in Alabama on Monday. And there's some shirt raffles. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks for our patrons. All right, Justin, the Giants hired a special teams coordinator, Michael Gobriel, who's been with the Jets since 2021 as a special teams assistant uh, under Brant Boyer. The Jets special teams have been very good in these three years from everyone who covers them, what what they say. Uh, he made his rank, you know, way up the ranks, basically being a special teams and edge coach, right? He was at some smaller schools like Colorado, Mesa, Tarleton State, where he was their coordinator for special teams and then their edge coach. They went to Hawaii as a special teams coordinator, Washington State, and then joined the Jets. He had a connection with Jeff Ulbrich, 
uh, who was the Jets defensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm assuming that's where that relationship started. So again, we special teams are very hard to evaluate, um, you know, but, it, but unless you cover that team on a day-to-day basis, but the Jets have been pretty good. Uh, I actually asked Zach Rosenblatt because, you know, we watched Giants special teams practice in training camp, Justin, the last two years. And we're like, man, this is just lackadaisical. Like they just, everything's a walkthrough. There's no intensity. And then we went to the Lions camp and they're treating special teams practice like it was life and death. (laughs) I asked, I asked Zach Rosenblatt who covers the Jets for the athletic about that. And he's like, no, they're pretty intense. Like they're getting on guys. They're moving on. You know, I found some clips of uh, Michael Gobriel talking about, hey, I'm hands-on, right? Like, I, I played football. I played edge at UCLA. I would, you know, like, I, I will get in on a drill and show them how to do it. Obviously, can't do that as much in the NFL. Yeah, um, I actually read, uh, I believe it was Dunleavy. It was, it was Dunleavy's article on Gobriel. And one of the things that um, he talked about is that, you know, Gobriel's young. He's 35 years old, so... You know, he says that I, if I, I think he said this back in 2018 when he was still coaching in college, I want to, if I can't show what these guys to do, if I can't show them what to do, then it's going to be hard for me to teach them what to do. Um, and also one of the most significant part of that Ryan Dunleavy article that I've read, which had a lot of jet sources, uh, you know, with the, with the, the punter and some of the other former special teamers there. Something that Brant does, and Brant is the uh, Brant Boyer, uh, who's the current uh, Jets special teams coordinator. Something that Brant does a nice job of is giving Gobi the opportunity to coach in front of the team and sometimes and have the floor to grow. It's not going to be his first time doing a bunch of those speeches. He really is a good, he really has a good command in front of guys and out on the field. He's very vocal. Um, and these are the Jets special teams rankings the last three seasons with Gobriel on the staff. Thanks to NYFG for getting this up. DVOA, you know, former football outsiders, Aaron Schatz compiles it. So the special teams rankings of defense value over average 2023, they were fifth. 2022, they were 21st. 2021, they were second. And then Rick Gosselin's special teams rankings, which I guess Bill Belichick backs these. 2023, they were third. 2022, they were ninth. And 2021, they were 13th. So uh, it seems like he's a good leader. He's had the opportunity to lead before. The guys on the Jets were really happy that he got this job and he really got this opportunity. And the numbers on the special teams rankings are good and positive. Cool. Yeah, let's just get these guys. Let's get eleven guys on the field. Let's guys, you know, getting guys working max effort and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm glad that they just interviewed people for the special teams coordinator job this time. I and mean, they they interviewed a bunch of guys, Justin. I, you know, I think more than they even interviewed for the defensive coordinator position. And very early on, on a brand new head coaching, uh, you know, a brand new head coach's tenure, it's hard to criticize much, right? If you don't know too much of, you know, it's their first time doing it, so you're learning about them. Uh, I think the first thing we learned that was negative about Brian Dable is like the interview process for a special teams coordinator was, it wasn't even an interview process. Okay, I got a live call on a Zach Rosenblatt. I want to see if he was trolling because he, you see how he tweeted that, that he's well respected. Yeah, that was really odd. Yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey, I lied. I don't have a scoop, but you're live on Talking Giants. Um, <laughs> were, were you trolling when you said Michael Gobriel's well-respected because, you know, that's the joke with Thomas McGahee? So I, as soon as I tweeted it, I realized that all the Giants fans were going to latch on that. But I, I did not do it on purpose. I didn't do it to, like, troll. I actually did. Okay. Like, he is well-liked in the building. 
right. Well, I forgot about all that big Yankee shit. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you. That's an interview. Um, go subscribe to the Athletic. Thank you, Zach. See ya. That was a great interview. I, yeah, I texted him like, "Call me. I have a big scoop for you." Oh, so he come probably, on. I I really let him down on that. Well, one. Also, I mean, I mean, highly respected Bobby Skinner, beat reporter, puts down what he's doing to call you for the scoop. Well, I called him. He didn't answer, and then I said, oh, "Call me. Have a big scoop ur- for you." Urgent, urgent. Oh, by the way, if we're if if anybody's Bill Belichick watching, I hate. I, I wanted to tell you this. Raheem Morris just got the Falcons head coaching job. Isn't that weird? Weird. That is weird. That kind of came out of left field. <laughs> wow. Not waiting Breaking for Ben Johnson. The podcast. I know. I know. People. It's old news tomorrow. But I remember I Raheem Morris went from they just DB coach to head coach like very quickly. Um, when the Bucks fired John Gruden, where's Bill Belichick? Bill He's Belichick not needs go anywhere. to coach. Needs to coach somewhere. Uh, anyway, someone needs to fire their coach for, for to bring in Bill Belichick. Jets. Um, but anyways, the the interview process was so lazy for the Giants last time in the special teams coordinator job. I mean, they just didn't. They they you know, uh, the article was written by Duggan where McGee explained it, where it's like, hey, yeah, halfway through the interview. He just stopped, you know, Dable stopped McGahey and was just like, hey, hey, do you want the job? Like, that's that's crazy to me. Like, I'll, I'll read the quote, right? Because it was a, the article about how the coaching staff got brought together. Um, McGahey, he was offered the special teams coordinator job with the Chargers and Panthers and declined an interview request from the Bears, but said, I wasn't really fired up about the other teams, to be honest with you, because I wanted to stay here. McGee, he had no relationship with Dable, who made an introductory phone call when he became a candidate for the Giants job. The night he was hired, Dable called McGee. The interview lasted five minutes. He was like, okay, you're in front of the in front of the room. First time you meet with the team, go. McGee, he said, he stopped me halfway and, and uh, through and he was like, look, do you want to be here? I was like, yeah, I want to be here. It's been great ever since. Like, that's that's horrible. Right, even if you had a strong inclination that you wanted to hire McGahey, that's horrible to not go out and really interview other guys. It was, you know, one of the and again ended up having the fire to the guy two years later, so it ended up being a mistake. So I'm glad that they went through all of this. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about how great of a special teams coordinator Michael Gobriel is. We'll see once he gets his first crack at it this year if there's any advantages through the Giants. But I am hopeful. Yeah, dude, it was such a disaster this year where. The blocked field goal leads to the Andrew Thomas injury, which leads to leads to really bad offensive football. I mean, if there's one guy going down that most correlates to good offense and bad offense, it's Andrew Thomas and left tackle. And if it's good, and if it's good Daniel Jones and bad Daniel Jones, um, it, it's it's Andrew Thomas. So that was devastating. Graham Gano, the Graham Gano situation was brutal. Uh, Jamie Gillian at one point was, you know, punting with both legs hurt and, you know, he couldn't, it, it was, it was, it was bad. Uh, you know, m- multiple situations this year, probably more than I'm forgetting where special teams was bad. You couldn't find anybody return. Couldn't find a returner. That's um, Joe you know, Shane's uh, fault. I, not I know. And I know. The, yeah, I know, man. But it was just a disaster. It was a disaster all year long. Yeah, they were just never an advantage where other special teams coordinators look for advantages to have. Yeah. Thomas McGee, he basically... Didn't never never had that happen for the Giants. I don't even want an advantage. I just don't want it to be a negative. <laughs> That's the ask. Um, so let's get into these defensive coordinator candidates, Justin. 
Before that, Brandon Brown, again, we're recording this. He very well may get the Chargers job, right? He interviewed the same day that uh, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh was hired. Um, that very much could happen. Now, here's the thing. We don't know, like, like, does everything that we've seen from Brandon Brown seem good? Yeah. But we also don't know what decisions he's really influencing. Um, you know, he seems to have good process about him. But, you know, for, through two drafts right now, the Giants just haven't had, like, any guy who's popped out as stellar. Are you in the same mindset where, because of this new rule about the comp picks for hiring um, a minority, right? Like, including Mike Kafka, because he's uh, his grandparents are Puerto Rican. Where this, I almost want him to get the job because I think the assistant GM job is less valuable. Like an unproven assistant GM is less valuable than two third round picks. Yeah, I I agree. And Joe Shane's been working around the league long enough. And also, I mean, I almost feel like we have an assistant GM. Who's that guy that was with the Dolphins? He was the GM of the Dolphins when Shane was there. Dennis Hickey. I feel like Dennis Hickey would be promoted to assistant GM. Or I don't even know if they do. You need to have an assistant GM. Uh, you know. Anyway, they, they wouldn't be able to hire one until after the draft because that it was actually the brand Howie Roseman uh, right. c- cried that the Brandon Brown got hired and knew their draft board and stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'm w- I'm with you, man. And especially this year's draft, if they do want to trade up, um, getting as much ammo as possible. I understand their comp picks at the end of the third round. So they're not as valuable as the top five picks that you have at the beginning of the third round like the Giants do. Getting as much ammo as possible is a very, very good thing if they want to go after a quarterback. But also, getting a third-round pick, multiple third-round picks, is a great thing for the Giants in general because it's another opportunity to get to hit at a player. I mean, Justin, what pick do you think Fred Warner was drafted with? He's just a 70, so he wasn't a comp pick. But basically, you know, third-round picks can turn some good players. Yeah. So getting that more ammo. So, again, I, I don't – right? Like, Brandon Brown could be the worst assistant GM in the NFL or the best assistant GM in the NFL. We don't know from the outside looking in. Obviously, I think Shane wants to keep him and values him. But from the outside looking in, I don't have any huge takeaway on, like, oh, no, we can't lose Brandon Brown. But what I do look at is, like, hey, I, I, like, I like having two third-round picks. So – it's kind of crazy how that rule has changed the way you look at it. Where it's like, I, I'd be willing to part with a valuable member. Now, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, that's a different story, right? I, I don't value uh, two third-round picks over a good coordinator. Um, but an assistant GM, the GM at the end of the day is the one making the decisions. Yeah. And the assistant GM is being molded in the GM's vision for the most part. So I feel like that's very a very replaceable position unless that guy just has a hell of an eye for talent and again through two drafts we have some pieces that we like and can grow into stars but nobody who's downright certified that right now and especially not from day three which you know round one obviously the assistant gm is having in those conversations but there's nothing the gm is the pick the one the main decider of round one i don't think he's being uh you know his opinion is being pushed one way or the other very much by more than anyone besides Brian Dable. I can imagine you're mentioning through two drafts. I can imagine Brandon Brown didn't have really any much of a, not say, input. The 2022 draft is so tough 
to analyze because Shane already had the first four rounds done and you still had, you know, some old people from the old regime in there. Whereas I really view last year's draft class as like, all right, even though 2022s matters because you have two top 10 picks, right? Um, but 2023, I really view it as the first class with full collaboration with Shane's vision, Shane's people, Shane and Dable's process, right? I, that's that's the first draft class that I really view it with. And I, I really like last year's draft class. Yeah. I, so that that is the one p- positive that I would say, like with Brandon Brown in there, especially hearing how he talked about the process of drafting Deontay Banks. There were those clips circulating uh, this past spring. So it seems like Brandon Brown's got it together. But I do agree with you that it seems like it's a position that's easily somewhat replaceable because it's the GM that's still making those decisions and it's the GM's vision on things. So, yeah. And, I, and like you said, I love last year's draft class all the way down to Javarius Owens, right? Like we, we like, you know, one, basically the one pick we weren't big fans of was Jordan Riley because the film sucked and they came out and like, yeah, his film sucked, but we, we, he's someone we want to work with. Yeah. And you know, improved, it, improved he, he, that they should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like last year's draft class a lot, but my point just being like, there hasn't been this proven track record of just great talent evaluation yet. Um, we'll see as these guys develop. Obviously, it's very early on in this regime. All right, Justin, let's get into these defensive coordinator candidates. This is the real meat and potatoes of this episode. But first, first let's talk to us about something. I'll talk to you about something. Today's episode that's sponsored by Seats Geek. There are a bunch of geeks about some damn seats. And if you don't know what Seat Geek is... They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple, plus they're geeks about seats. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek, they're the number one rated ticketing app in the world. There's no doubt they're undisputed because they have 70,000 events every single day on the app, including sports concerts, festivals, and so much more. I was recently looking at Kelly Clarkson tickets when she's going to be in Atlantic City this summer. Also, Avril Levine is going to be in uh, PNC Bank this summer, and I would like to go see her too. It's the summer of blonde, older women. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps, and we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. Bobby Skinner, you and everyone else and your mother will be glad you did. Why'd you have to bring your mother into this? Let's get into these defensive ca- co- uh, coordinator candidates. Um, so once the Giants hire someone, we'll get a lot deeper into it. We'll talk to people who cover that team and stuff. But wanted to go through some research, and I did get some. I did ask some people some stuff uh, that covered these guys. Before we get into it, I just want to give my rankings of the guys. Right. So here would be my my order of candidates. Number one would be Denard Wilson, the Ravens DB coach. We talked about that on Tuesday. Number two would be the new guy, Bills linebacker coach Bobby Babich. Babich. So, but three and four, three and four, I'm having a tough decision between Jerome Henderson and Shane Bowen. You know, I, I actually think Shane Bowen's a little underrated, right? Like the Titans' defense hasn't been great during his time, but I feel like with better talent, he would do well. And he's always been great stopping the run. He likes to play man coverage. Um, you know, and they've just been a, a team that's been hurt and injured. And when they were at their best, they were, you know, fifth in points per game in 2021 with him as the defensive coordinator. But between him and Jerome Henderson, I, I would say I would just go ahead. I'll go with the unproven guy in Jerome Henderson three. 
Shane Bowen, four. Anthony Campanelli, the linebacker coach from the Dolphins, five. And then Chargers defense coordinator Derek Ansley, six. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you for the most part there. I, I would swap um, Bowen and, and Henderson simply and just give Bowen the nod over. Like, I give him the nod because he's called plays before. I I kind of have a 1A, 1B situation with uh, with um, um, Wilson and uh, Babbage. I kind of have a 1A, 1B situation happening right now. Um, and we'll we'll talk about each each one. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with Denard Wilson, the Ravens DB coach. Obviously, you know, uh, comes from that Mike McDonald defense this past year that was really good. But he was with the Eagles before as their defensive backs coach. You know, we talked about these stats on Tuesday. Last year with the Ravens. This year with the Ravens, first in yards per attempt, second in passes defended, third in interceptions. And 2022 with the Eagles, third in yards per attempt, fourth in passes defended, fourth in interceptions. And we saw the Eagles drop significantly after losing Steichen and him. Uh, you know, from interceptions went from fourth to twenty-six. Passes defended fourth to nineteenth. Yards per attempt third to fifteenth. And both the def- like he's worked in different types of defenses, right? Like a four-three and a three-four. Both pass defenses have been well structured and disciplined. And just what the Ravens do defensively, that is who I want to bring over, right? Does that mean that Denard Wilson is going to be a carbon copy of Mike McDonald? Absolutely not. But what they do, the fact that the Giants personnel has been shaped around wink martindale who comes from that ravens and who was you know worked with uh you know mike mcdonald in the past i want that i want what the ravens do defensively over to the giants and that's what denard wilson represents and he has a proven track record of doing well with the eagles too where darius slay even said like we should have never we should have promoted him yeah yeah we talked about wilson a lot as like our our favorite candidate so far um, at, you know, during that time, you know, you, you talk about the Ravens mentality. It's like, we don't even know what kind of scheme or mentality that he would bring because he was with the Eagles, you know, two years ago and now the Ravens this past year. So, you know, part of me would like to say, Hey, you know, you learn, you learn some things here. You learn some things in Baltimore. Let's bring it to New York and, you know, and, and call a good defense here. You know, former player, I think the the players on that defense would maybe rally around that. It's like, hey, this guy's been in the locker room. This guy's been in our shoes, uh, especially a giant secondary, which I would say that's the unit that is the least proven right now, especially that DB room um, out of out of all the units on the defense. So, yeah, I mean, just based on his track record, based on like if he was just with the Eagles or just with the Ravens doing this the last couple of years, it'd be like, hmm, you know, I don't know, maybe. But the fact that he was with the Eagles, you saw how great, I mean, that – he had that secondary, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, playing great football last year. Great football. And then he leaves, goes to Baltimore. That secondary is playing absolutely great, fantastic football, especially with those safeties. They have like three really good safeties running around. And you saw how the Eagles regressed specifically in their secondary. So I would say that's like it's like a positive for him that the Eagles regress so much kind of without him and of course Darius Slay saying that you know hey you know he 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 should have he should have got the job so uh, I'm for Denard Wilson if he's not like that I am I am excited if he is the next defense coordinator for the Giants obviously not knowing yeah. what he runs but I am really excited obviously the Ravens have really good players right like they have one of the best linebackers in the game in Roquan Smith right all pro all pro player you know they've been able to get a lot of pressure this year from their guys Kyle Hamilton on the back end but they just the way that they like 
game plan on a week-to-week basis and shutting down what you like to do and bait and trying to bait uh, quarterbacks into mistakes and interceptions, right? Using three safeties when they need to do it is just, I desire that type of defense, um, you know, more so than, than a lot of other defenses in the NFL. And I think he'll play man when he needs to play man. Um, and I just, I just want that type of, you know, willingness to work on a week. I mean, they just, they just held CJ Stroud to three points. Crazy. Right. Like CJ Stroud has went head to head with some of the best defenses in the NFL, uh, this year. And they held him to three points in, in a playoff yeah. game. Right. Like that's, that's unreal type of stuff. And the Ravens Obviously, are just Mike kicking McDonald. the shit out of everybody too. <laughs> yeah. Especially Obviously, if Mike you're a Mc- team above 500. Go ahead. Now, obviously, Mike McDonald is the defensive coordinator, but I, I, I want to pull from that. Yeah. Here, here's what I will kind of point to, and we're going to examine this further if Wilson's hired. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more interviews. Um, he did get interviewed today for the Titans uh, D coordinator spot. So I believe it's the Giants and the Titans that have requested an interview, Denard Wilson. But if you look at the safety depth chart, on the Ravens, it's Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. Kyle Hamilton listed as a strong safety. Marcus Williams listed as a free safety. But it's Geno Stone who has seven interceptions this year. Seven interceptions. Well, at one point, you know, Dalton Feely and I do all JM. You know, we did like four all like all pro team videos on the JM football channel this year. Geno Stone at one point was having like on pace to have like an all pro year and to have this safety who's third on your depth chart who's the third string safety kind of coming off the bench have seven interceptions this year that's really awesome cool stuff and what round was Geno Geno Smith was a seventh Geno Stone was a seventh round draft pick in the 2020 NFL draft and he's more than serviceable awesome seven interceptions this year in his fourth year so that's the kind of stuff like imagine if Giants fans would freak out freak out if we took a safety if Javarius Owens like has in his third or fourth year seven interceptions like we'd be praising the singing the praises of of the secondary db coach so um yeah um let's do it hey if he's hired do it here also having the personnel and, and, and using the safeties interchangeably moving them all over the piece and i think that's if there's one thing that i've noticed as a trend justin yeah out of all these guys similar is that willingness to like use the safeties in an interchangeable type of way mm-hmm. um now the worry is, hey, one Mike McDonald could get the head, a head coaching job, and then, uh, you know, then uh, Denard Wilson could be promoted. But here's the thing, Justin: who's left for Mike McDonald to take the head coaching job? The Seahawks? Do I don't think they even have a second interview with him, right, or an no. interview at all? Right? The the you know the Panthers hired a coach. Mm-hmm. The Falcons just hired a coach, like you said. The Bears aren't firing their coach. The the Commanders, right? I, I don't know if they, they're what they're gonna do. Like, there's you know, Raiders hired Antonio Pierce, Chargers Jim Harbaugh. There's really no no jobs there. Ten, you know, Titans guy that got their guy. Like, there's Can really. You, no- I mean, I could see Denard Wilson just going to another Harbaugh with Jim. Um, yeah. Yeah, that could very well happen. Obviously, McDonald came from Michigan too, with the you know as the defensive coordinator there. Yeah, so. I mean that that's the jump that I that I could see. But you know, hey, you know, got to get an interview first, and you know, we'll see when the Super Bowl ends. I don't think Wilson's gonna. I think I think he's gonna be more. I'm surprised he hasn't been more highly desired, but I, I just I don't I don't think he's gonna come here. 
I just have that feeling. I think there's connections and dots that go elsewhere. Well, here's the other thing is, like you said, like teams haven't, um, like teams are just now hiring their head coaches, right? So defensive coordinator interviews are opening up. Um, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the Rams just got an opening, um, up, right. you know, as, as for defensive coordinators. So those, those spots are, are up there. All right. Next on this list, Justin, Bobby Babbage. Let's get another Bills coach named Bobby. How about that? He's their linebacker coach. Uh, He's been their linebacker coach for the last two years, but before that was their safety coach from 2018 to 2021. Uh, we know a lot about the Bills' defense from you know looking at Leslie Frazier as a candidate and just having crossover with them and, and having friends who cover the Bills very well with Cover One. They love Babish, right? They really like this guy, and he's gotten them, like he's had some good players to coach, but he sure as hell has gotten the most out of them, right? Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, they were all pros underneath him uh, with him. Matt Milano was a first team all pro under him, right? Terrell Edmonds got paid. Terrell Bernard, right? Stepped into that role this year and really stepped up and was a good player. Um, You know, there's some things I don't love about the way the Bills play defense, but Bobby Babbage has gotten the most out of his position groups as a coach. And the ability to move from safeties to linebackers makes me really excited about like his his just ability to coach to move from position to position like that on the same team and have the production he's had on, with the positions. And even before that, he was an assistant defensive backs coach in 2017 with the Bills, assistant defensive backs and safeties with the Browns, assistant defensive backs with the Panthers. He was the secondary and defensive pass game coordinator with. Hey, if you even want to go to Florida International, FIU, right, back in 2016. This is why I put Babbage up there with 1A, 1B with Wilson. Because Wilson has kind of jumped around. So it's one of those things of, is it the situation that he's in or is it the coach? Babbage has helped form these guys up in, in multiple spots with the safeties, with the linebackers, and that's what kind of impresses me the most and despite losing Edmonds in free agency I think the Bills had some linebackers injuries this year that defense stayed afloat and the, particularly the, those linebackers stayed afloat this year when I think they even suffered some injuries so um, I'm I, I would be again excited if Babbage comes in you don't know what kind of defense he runs but the fact that he has the multi-year formation of these players on his resume that's the thing that I'm excited about and that's the thing that I get really excited about drafting young players for this defense Bob Babbage getting his hands on those guys assuming he would run a similar defense to the one that he's been in for the last seven years Justin he would represent the biggest change of identity for this defense right one it's a 4-3 defense they also live like the Bills just don't get out of nickel right like they you would have to get a run defending nickel defender, which I think should be a priority for the Giants anyways. Now, maybe he could change a little bit if he doesn't have Taron Johnson and has Cordell Flott as a starting nickel corner going into the season. But, like, they just live out of nickel. And they do really well, with it too, against the run and stuff. They, I think they need to play, get out of it a little more in the red zone. But that that's what they live out of, right? And it's a 4-3 defense. Um They also, you know, they just run more too high defenses than most teams, but they're diverse in it. They don't blitz, right? They just don't like the blitz, right? If they're, if when they do blitz, if they send one, they want to drop run, right? So they want to run simulated pressure so that they are dropping guys back in coverage, right? Their, their priority is to stop the pass. 
you know they are number one in stop and EPA per play these past six years in the pat and passing. They're number fifteen in rushing, even though they've had the guys to stop the run. Right, it hasn't been a personnel issue, so it would be the biggest, the most significant change of philosophy in this defense would be Bobby Babich. But I would, I would be willing to take take that on because the Bills defenses have just been really good throughout the years, and now they've been very talented too, but. They haven't been like over overly talented like, you know, the Eagles a couple years ago or, you know, right. even like the Ravens this year, right? And they've dealt with injury issues, right? Those safeties have been gotten injured a good amount the last few years. Matt Milano, like you mentioned before, he got injured, you know, at week five or whatever it was and was out for the season. And Bernard was able to step in. Dorian Williams was able to, you know, play meaningful snaps for them and, and grow. So... Uh, I like I, Bobby Babbage, his resume I really like. The cover one guys really like him, which their stamp of approval means a lot to me. Um, I, I would be excited about this. And it would represent, obviously, some crossover with Brian Dable, which I would rather have than not have. Right, right. Like, I'm not looking at this, if Babbage is hard, I'm not looking at it as a negative versus Dable. Oh, a, a person that he worked with in Buffalo, do people want? I'm not, I'm not looking at it like anything negative towards stable like this guy's resume i think it speaks for for itself yeah absolutely and in fact i mean i would rather now i i wouldn't want to be a deciding factor in the job but i would rather have someone that worked with dable because of what happened this year and the fact that i like brian dable and i want brian dable to be the giants head coach so i i really don't want there to be any bullshit that leaks into dysfunction within the organization right i want guys that are on the same page and are okay working with each other all right justin next on this list let's go jerome henderson right was hired we we know him hired under joe judge and patrick graham from the falcons was one of the few coaches that was not a joe judge relationship guy right there was only three guys hired that year that weren't joe judge relationship guys it was jason garrett and mark colombo mark colombo was jason garrett's guy and Jerome Henderson, who did coach under Jason Garrett in Dallas, but how much impact was like Jason Garrett having on the DB coach hiring in 2020? I don't know, but if there's one thing you know Garrett did well, then it was you know telling the Giants to draft Andrew Thomas and that. Um, he's a primarily single high, like they've been in primarily single high cover three, cover one defenses, whether that was with the Falcons as their passing game coordinator or you know Patrick Graham. Um, and then obviously with Wink Martindale, right? Patrick Graham had a little bit of an adjustment where he went to some more two high coverages in his second year, but still cover three was their main coverage. They right, they rotated from those two highs. Uh, we we really like him, Justin. He's really known how to help out his cornerback twos, right? Isaac Yadam and Fabian Moreau. Those are both guys who started and were not unplayable guys who didn't even get to spend all of camp with the team. Isaac Yadam was traded for and Fabian Moreau was signed to the practice squad after cutdown day from the who the Texans, who were the worst team in the NFL, cut him that year. Adore Jackson, a cornerback who had a career year under him, right? Deontay Banks has looked good in that role. We've seen improvement from him. Like we like how he's had some gradual improvement as a rookie. James Bradbury's emergence there was huge, and I think something that gets underrated and not talked about as much with Henderson is the safety position, right? Utilizing different safeties has been a lesser talked about accomplishment. Really helped groom McKinney to make huge improvements within the 2021 season. The beginning of 2021, McKinney was not good at safety. And then by the end of the year, he was thriving. 
and you know has been extremely versatile with those guys, right? Had Logan Ryan come in mid-camp, never played safety in the NFL, he was a good safety that year. Jabril Peppers was a playmaker. You know, like Jabril Pepper with some of the limitations he has was a top five in all like safety categories for, you know, like passes defended, interceptions, tackles for a loss. Um, Jason Pinnock went from a Jets cut to like a solid player. Julian Love got a contract moving him all over the place. And it's just that ability to move guys all, move them around, move like even though we didn't agree with the Adora Jackson to nickel, like being able to just move guys and uh, having them adjust. He's been in different defensive systems, most of which are, again, single high aggressive, which I like. Um, Jerome Henderson, man, I would be very happy for him to get his chance in the NFL as a defensive coordinator because I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think he's earned it too. And I mean, this is the only guy, right? Now that now that uh, McGahee's gone, the only guy that's left from the Joe Judge era of coaches. Uh, and he's the only one that's lasted this long and the only position coach that made it, and, you know. Hey, you know, for if the inter, it's it's funny how you know you, you criticize the the interview process for a special teams coordinator. Well, if the interview process for DB coach was, hey, you're good at forming, you're good at for you know forming guys. You want the job? Yeah, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that I'm cool with that. For Jerome Henderson from a and Joe it was Judge actually more one. than that. Like they went out to dinner. Like they actually had a real interview process, right. and they made him part of the hiring process for yeah. defensive coordinator. Um, obviously, the Giants thought they were going to keep Patrick Graham at, at first. But I'm glad uh, you touched on this about the safeties. And I, I I think you mentioned cover one, cover three. But I think Patrick Graham's defense is very, very different from Wink Martindale's, right? Like, I, I think very, very different. Well, schemes. Wink Martindale's defense is different from everyone's. But right. the go-to coverage is Wink, – Wink runs cover one and blitzes a ton, right? But, like, the structure is similar where it's single high – and cover three is if there was anything that was man coverage in zone, it's cover three. Yeah, so I I, I think it's impressive that Henderson went from one D coordinator to the next, and it almost felt like he didn't necessarily miss a beat and was not basically didn't have any favors last year with CB two adding Fabian Moreau at the last minute, and secondary looked more than fine. Um, didn't allow you know all those explosive plays and things like that. So. I, I'm for, hey, if they decide that Jerome Henderson's the one, I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of defense he runs. Is it a blend of wink? Is it more towards the Patrick Graham style? I'll be really interested to see what they uh, what they want to do. It's And, you know, he coached under Dan Quinn, too, who we know is aggressive and cover one. So there's a lot of different defenses he's been under. Uh, I don't think any of the wink bad blood spilled over to Jerome Henderson um, because they are interviewing him. Right. For the defensive coordinator job. So there should be good there too. Um, so the cornerback development has been been good. All right, next on this list, Titans defensive coordinator Shane Bowen. I feel like the first reaction to this was negative, right? Because Titans fans don't love him. Diving into it, I I don't look at Shane Bowen as like some innovator as the defensive coordinator job, but I think he's probably like league average above average, right? He's been their defensive coordinator since 2021. He was their outside linebacker coach before that, coming with uh, from from the Texans with Vrabel, was even at Ohio State with Vrabel for a little bit. Runs a 3-4 defense. Titans defense this last three years has been 20th in EPA per play. And points going from, you know, most recent to 2021, 16th, 13th, and 5th, so have gotten worse. 
passing 24th, 27th, and 17th, which is the most alarming. But rushing, they've been great. Fourth, first, and fourth. They stopped the damn run. Likes to play press man, but didn't always have the guys to do it. Um, not very creative in his blitzing packages, right? Like he's bottom the league usually in blitz rate and pressure rate consistently. Uh, single high safety guy, likes to stack the box. Another, the, one of the things I like about him is he likes to use the safeties interchangeably. I, I just don't think he's had a ton of talent to work with in Tennessee outside of 2021, which again, they were a top five defense that year. Uh, I don't, you know, their cornerback development hasn't been very, you know, good, whether it's Roger McCreary or Kayla Farley. Both those guys have dealt with injuries. I just don't think they've been, you know, flush with talent, but through all of that, they've been able to stop the run and never been bottom in the half in points per game in his time there. I have a prediction. Uh, Bowen is going to be the next defense coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And I say this simply because um, he uh, Bowen got his first full-time role back in 2018 when he was named the Titans outside linebacker coach. And Matt LaFleur was the offense coordinator. That's the tie. That's why. Um, what is, do you, like Titans fans don't like Shane Bowen. Right. So Shane Bowen would probably be a pretty frustrating coach, right? Where if he's got good personnel, he's probably a good coordinator. And if it's bad, it's like he's not really making anyone look better, right? Um, but I feel like, you know, Wink's defenses were not ranked anywhere near as good the last two years as the Titans have been. Right. Right? And do, like, what the Titans have Jeff Simmons, right? Who was right. like, you know... You know they they've got some good players. What's the uh, what's the edge player? He he missed last year, but he played. Harold Landry's a good player, but their cornerbacks have been banged up. They got a decent safety group. Like they haven't been filled with talent. Like they have one great player, and um, and Jeff Simmons, and then like some you know Harold Landry's a good player, but again coming off of a torn ACL, didn't you know missed the whole year. Um, they just haven't been again. I don't think they're over that talented. So well, my, there was my negative reaction is... to Shane Bowen. I'm not going to be excited about him as a defensive coordinator, but I will be. I don't think it's the worst hire either. No, I mean, if anything, it'll be the easiest hire for us to actually go and watch. Um, you know, my my main thing is what what is his defense trying to accomplish? Like, what what's his M, what's his mo? Do you know that yet? I mean, we played in week one last year. I mean, it's just kind of let like stop the run, right? I mean, they've been great at stopping the run. They're looking to stop the run now. I know the Giants actually ran the ball well on them last year. But that was the outlier for them. They've been they are a stop the run type of defense, right? And like again, when I say fourth, first, and fourth, that's not counting stats. That's yards per carry type numbers. Like they've been great at stopping the run, but they have sacrificed in coverage because of that, and they haven't had the dogs to go out there. But if the Giants like if Deontay Banks develops into a cornerback one, right? Like a really good cornerback one, and the Giants were to go and sign another good corner or whatever. Then I feel like Shane Bowen with Xavier McKinney there with, you know, whatever other player you have at safety, I feel like he's, you know, Bobby O'Karake at linebacker and, you know, and Dex up front. I feel like you're kind of cooking there. You just, I don't, even though he's an outside linebacker coach, I don't trust him to develop Kayvon and get the most out of Kayvon and what, you know, fill in the blank for edge rushers because they've never been able to get pressure outside of Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. 
Like they've been yeah. bottom of the league in pressure rate most of those years. Yeah, that that well the part of the priority they've is had to some stop good players there too. The priority is to stop the run, and then you know they've been a little susceptible in the past. That's the thing that scares me because I would much rather be, I'd much rather be the Buffalo Bills and be top five consistently in pass defense and be fifteenth or average in stopping the run than the other way around. In today's NFL, that's just that's just what I would rather be. So, right, and but they've also like again they they have not been a bottom half. Uh, points per game defense in the NFL during that time. They just haven't been great on a per play basis, but they've been able to figure it out. You got to think All about right, this too. They play, in a, they play in a really bad division in the AFC South too. So, Right. Uh, next on this list, Dolphins linebacker coach Anthony Campanelli. This guy, as New Jersey as it gets, is as Italian as, as it gets. And I'll let you talk about that a little more. He's been the, line, the Dolphins linebacker coach since 2020. Three of those years under Josh Boyer and one under Fangio was the Michigan linebacker coach in 2019 under Harbaugh after, you know, some years in Boston College and Rutgers and high school. Uh, Boyer comes from the Patriots 3-4, single high cover three defenses, right? And then with Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, they have blitzed the piss out of teams, right? And the three years with Josh Boyer as a defensive coordinator, they've been third, second, and second in blitz rates in the NFL. And that includes Wink Martindale being in there all those years. With Fangio, they didn't blitz very much, and now he's gone. Um, This is a hard one to figure out with Anthony Campanelli without just kind of looking at what Josh Boyer did as a defense because there has not been much talent at linebacker for the Dolphins for him to work with. Outside of like Channing Tindall was drafted in the third round out of Georgia. He has not developed. But David Long Jr. played pretty well for them on a one-year deal this year, who I liked coming from the Titans. Um, but they just have they have not had good linebackers and not really any young guys to mold either. Like their only line in stack linebacker drafted in these this time is Channing Tindall, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like the Dolphins gotta figure out drafting. All right, you ready for the family ties? So uh, we'll start off with the with the young kids. Uh, Dominic Campanelli is currently the starting quarterback for Bergen Catholic. Uh, Michael Campanelli is currently a wide receiver for Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. Then you have Campanelli's in New Jersey football's family business. Mike's four sons. So Mike Campanelli is the is the father. Vito Nunzino, Anthony, and Nikki coach at three different levels of the sport. Vito, the oldest, is the head coach at Bergen Catholic. I believe he's still there now. Um, Nunzino, Nunzio oversees tight ends at Rutgers University. I think he's still at Rutgers. Anthony coaches linebackers for the Miami Dolphins, and Nikki is is uh, the head coach of DePaul Catholic. Um, the Campanellis run New Jersey. Yeah, he that's was, the background. <laughs> there's a, a hard knock speech that he has where it's just like this guy is like they're laughing because it's like this guy's a lunatic. Um, I. I don't have anything against Campanelli, but there's just really nothing on his resume that screams this guy should be a defensive coordinator. Unless, hey, he's going to run the Brian Flores blitz the piss out of your defense. He's got experience coaching in it, and he really wants to do it, and that's what you want to... Like, if there's anything that's going to be as close to Wink Martindale, it would be coming from that Josh Boyer defense, even though there is some differences in what they do. Yeah, I've. there's no... How old is he? He's 41. Yeah, he's a young guy. I mean, he can't. He grew up, you know, high school coaching, obviously in New Jersey. Then went to Rutgers, Boston College, Michigan, and then 
than to the Dolphins with Josh Boyer. All right, last on this list, Chargers defensive coordinator Derek Ansley was their defensive coordinator this past year, was their DB coach the two years before that under Staley. Another Titans defensive coordinator was their defensive coordinator and DB coach from 2019 to 2020. Been a 3-4 defense with both those teams. The Titans were 23rd in EPA per play in those years with him. Um, In points, they were 24th and 12th. Passing 22nd and 19th. Rushing in 18th and 17th. Been a middle-of-the-pack blitz rate, but bottom and pressure rate with the Titans. Um, This past year with the Chargers, they were 24th in points per game, 28th in passing, 10th in rushing. I mean, the past defenses were bottom half with him as a DB coach. They run more man coverage and blitz more than you would think when you think of like Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio, influence type defense. Um, but they have been a bad defense, right? Now, he did take over play. Like Staley called the plays, right? So you can't judge Ansley too much on that. Uh, and when he did call the plays the last three games after Staley was fired, they gave up 17.6 points per game compared to the 24.6 uh, with Staley. Um, they faced Josh Allen, Jared Stidham, and Blaine Gabbard in those three games. So, you know, they they held Josh Allen to twenty four, and then thirteen and twelve for Stidham and Gabbard, uh, which is which is good for those teams. Uh, but I just don't want anything from that Chargers defense. No, is basically what it is. Yes. Right? like I would rather <laughs> I would rather go with Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator, who you know at least had that success with the Rams and and, and all that, but. Like I, again, I, I don't, I don't want to bring anything over from the Chargers defense. No, a team that runs too high that even had trouble stopping the pass, and no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on board for that. Right, and they've had like Khalil Mack. Like Khalil Mack ended up having a good year, but like started a huge off resurgence slow. here. Yeah. Um. So I, I just there's not again there's tell me why I should want Derek Hansley right. Like Ethan Campanelli, I could talk about, hey, the blitzes and all that stuff. I like that. You know, Shane Bowen, I could talk about how he stops the run and has been top half in the NFL in points per game as a defensive coordinator. Jerome Henderson, I could tell you what he does. You know, Bobby Babbage, I, you know, his resume and Denard Wilson. Like, with, with Derek Ansley, I just don't see it. So, but you could have said the same things about Patrick Graham when he was hired from the Dolphins at the same time, too. Right, where it didn't call the plays, you know, the second half. Uh, but you watch film, like I kind of like some of the stuff they do, and, and he can grow. Um, but at least but he was saw, coming from you Miami. The, you saw the Titans' defense get better under Shane Bowen, um, you know, and Vrabel felt the need to move off of Ansley for Bowen. So um, I, there's there's nothing there that pops out. All right, Justin, do you got anything else on these guys? No, it basically feels like the first four guys that we talked about, it's going to be one of those four, right? Um, you know, and hopefully it comes down to Babich or it comes down to Denard Wilson. But hey, you know, even if, if, if Bowen gets it, then hey, we have a lot of film on, on the Tennessee Titans. And if Jerome Henderson gets it, then cool. We hired a guy in-house and there's at least a little bit of continuity there. And then we'll spend the next however many months figuring out what kind of defense Jerome Henderson's going to run. Yeah, so my, my prediction would be Bobby Babbage, right? You I'd don't hear his okay name being floated around the league. There's connection there. That would be that would be my prediction. I think Denard Wilson will probably get a better job offer than the Giants right now. Yeah. Do you think um? Do you think Jerome Henderson would get a little get a little PO'd and 
you know, maybe maybe want to maybe want to leave. So that that would be the next cookie to crumble is if if Babbage comes in here or whatever next defensive coordinator comes in here, what kind of staff do they want to hire? Who are the position coaches that they want to hire and things like that? So that'll be a cookie to cookie to crumble that we'll watch out for too. Yeah, Eggs. I think uh, the linebacker coach worked with him in Buffalo, um, and yeah, I, I, that would be interesting to see what Jerome Henderson how how all that plays out. But I think guys would, you know, Jerome Henderson, he would have to get his ducks in a row and get a job, move around pretty quickly. So I think most guys are usually like to stay unless there's a, like Patrick Graham was willing to stay until the Raiders job became open. Even though everything was like, why would Patrick Graham want to stay after they just fired his best friend and all that stuff? Okay. All right. Um, That is an episode. We will see you guys. Unless the Giants hire a defensive coordinator in the next day or two. Which, by the way, you remember, Justin, Joe Shane and Brian David were both hired on Fridays. Please know I'm going to be in Atlantic City the weekend before Mobile. Okay, well, hey, I had to say, I was on my way to an Orlando Magic game when Brian David was hired. And I stopped and I, I, hey, I recorded the podcast at my now fiance's house. Like pink walls and everything. Wow. Um, So, uh Maybe you'll be recording it from a bathroom in Atlantic City. I guess I guess right. I have to bring my stuff just in case. That's an episode. All right, we will see you guys when we uh, in Alabama. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>